Good morning. So I'm in my car. I'm doing my makeup and um, it's before work and you're going to hear some makeup sounds. So my ASMR friends, like I know that some of you are out there. I just wanted to kind of experiment and this will be on the Firewolf podcast, but I'm doing a section now of the Firewolf podcast called Horse Talk. And I, this is kind of going to be a journey about getting back into the equestrian world and horseback riding. I'm still doing stand-up comedy, but last week when I moved to Texas, um, I made the promise to myself that if I'm going to be moving to Texas, that horses will no longer be out of my life. I lived in New York City for so long. I lived in LA on and off for so long. And Maryland, I still was working at a friend's farm, but I was barely riding um, just because the sport is so competitive, A, and also because I wasn't, I don't think I was ready. And so it's been, it's been a decade. My horse's death birthday, death day is December 5th. So every December 5th, I just think about him and think about, you know, the past. And I realize like, I can't go through um, the future at all, unless I fucking go forward. And for me, money has always been the fear money well it wasn't always the fear because at certain times even when I was in science I could have easily taken horseback riding lessons or even gotten my own horse but being a comic you know when you commit to the comic journey you're out doing shows and open mics and driving long distances a huge portion of the time and now that I'm in Texas you know I've been doing mics that are out of town just to kind of get my vibe back and get my confidence back and I've been doing those late night drives and it's worth it to me to do that but as I start horseback riding again um it's it's scary so with horses you know I know that to take lessons like I have financial goals that I have to meet so I'm actually very lucky because when I moved to Austin, I started working a cup, um, an app here, and I also started a job this week at a horse saddlery, um, and I randomly called and asked that they were looking for people, and they were. So that is something that is a step forward and towards meeting other horseback riders and you know there are reminders of the sport itself so there are awesome people in in horseback riding and then you know the things that are unteachable like when you get snubbed when somebody um how competitive the sport is but I don't really feel that yet because I'm not in it yet but I know my I I've had some little tests even in my first few days of working at a tack shop and unlike Christina, the, you know, child who was trying to compete and just learning the ropes around adults and around 
you know, senior level riders. Now I'm a senior level rider and I realize, oh, well, a lot of that was other people's stuff. And thank God I've done, you know, the this therapy over the years that I've been doing and really taking steps to understanding my inner psyche because those things kind of always derailed me as a junior rider um when people were rude or when people snubbed me um and also coming from you know my backstory of having an abusive trainer um and I'm when I say abusive trainer I do not use that loosely by any means um I had an abusive trainer um who I at this point in time would have diagnosed with um either bipolar disorder just based upon just based upon reading and based upon friends with family members that had it or something called borderline personality disorder um I had a trainer that would have just huge outbursts of anger um and it really was hard because I was the only junior rider he had and he would do kind of some evil things to me as a kid um and you know was the source of a lot of the reason not he is definitely not the source of why I've, I've backed up from horseback riding but he was the source of the reason why I became independent from trainers around the age of 16 um and kind of went on my own for a little while and then you know would either bring in trainers once a week or I would trailer out to a trainer once a month or once every other week and just kind of made the decision that you know my competitive days were not as important as having a healthy horse and that's the decision I made um healthy happy horse and healthy happy mind I made that at the age of 16 and I took that all the way until my horse passed away um I was so lucky because I met some amazing trainers along the way but it did take me out of the competition world and also my horse had an accident too that kind of kept him from the competition world in the way that I had wanted so now during a pandemic when everybody's you know afraid and pinching pennies I'm like hey let me uh let me start horseback riding again and there's a lot of different things that I'm determined to do with horseback riding because I know how much money I need to make um minimum you know to be able to enter the sport in the way that I want to so I've got a lot of decisions to make because I do want to get my money on point this year um and that has been my goal the whole year and I started out this year taking a Greyhound bus from Baltimore to Los Angeles um with a job and but I hadn't had my first full 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 payment um when I was on that bus so I I got on the bus with about like $250 in my pocket I knew I had paychecks on the way but I was like fuck it like you're gonna get across the country with this much money and you're gonna make it work with this much money and then you're gonna you know get airbnbs until you find a place to stay so i took the comics risks 
at on January 9th of 2020 and on what is it the December 12th today that I'm recording this um on December 12th 2020 here I am I've lived in what well not three states two states but three regions I guess this year I've lived in on the west coast I've lived in the desert and now I'm living in Texas and this has been a year of change rapid transformation rapid evolution and even at the beginning of the year with the payments at the with the paycheck I was making I was like hey I might be able to squeeze in horseback riding but it's going to be in LA so I've got to be really um stealth about that because at the oh at that time I didn't have a car I have a car now um and I'm determined I'm bound and determined to make this work so these are all the different things that that go into this and horseback riding is an expensive expensive sport but it's not just about money it's about time it's about dedication and I'm I'm not even worried about the money part because I made it work when I was a teenager I made it work when I was out of school I made it work when I was in college now I was lucky and I can say this like I did have help from my family when I was a teenager and when I was in college but it's not like I didn't work I always I've I've worked throughout this whole process I've worked since I was 11 years old. I've mucked stalls at 5 a.m. before going to class, like being tired in class and smelling terrible in class and not even giving a shit. And um, that it was, you know, I would go, I remember mucking stalls at 5 a.m. I had an 8 a.m. class. I changed really quick. I put spray on, brushed my hair, put my makeup on, went to class, like was like if I smell like hay I go to school in Westminster Maryland like pretty much everybody here smells like hay so um it it was it was my lifestyle and it's something that's always been in my blood and has never left me but has always and has always been and I took this to comedy I took all the 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 work ethic and time and dedication that I took from horses I took to stand-up comedy and I was a very talented writer um but I did have a trainer that I do feel it wasn't sabotage in the way that you know oh somebody sabotaged me and it's it's something that ruined me for life they didn't ruin me for life but I was thinking about them the other day because they were considered one of the top in the sport and it was such a privilege to be able to ride for them and yet they weren't doing shit like they would go to shows but they were expected to be pampered and they expected to be taken care of and I remember being in a show and I think I was like 14 15 years old um grooming for them at the show and they were just like throwing reins at me and their um I guess their assistant, like, smacked me, it was supposed to be jokingly, quote-unquote, with a dressage whip, which, for those who are not horse people, a dressage whip is, like, a really long whip, and if you're a sex person, 
you know, I know, I know there's a lot of comics that are like sex people, like, but it, it's not one of those smacking whips, whip, but it's like a stick whip and it's long and they smacked me with it. Um, just being, being like, hurry up. I'll never forget that moment because I remember when they were gone in the arena and I was back at the show, um, barn stalls, another entry another person at the show came up to me and was like they don't you don't have to be treated this way like are you okay do you need food are you because at that point like we were putting in like 10 hour 12 hour days with the horses like at the show um they saw me getting screamed at I was basically what I realized so in horseback riding there's a lot of rite of passage stuff and when you're at upper level farms there's kind of this culture of you need to be treated poorly until you prove your worth, which is the same thing that goes on in stand-up comedy. Um, both camps are who's the most famous. So stand-up comedy, it's like who's the most famous comedian. Same thing in the horseback riding world. Who's the most famous or rich or rich and famous, although it's usually fame before wealth, although it's the wealth that drives a lot of those top trainers because those are the people who train with them. So it's the same thing in stand-up comedy minus the horse. And I was always horse first, people second. Um, horses health first, horses body first because they can't talk. They can't tell you what the fuck is going on. But you know what's going on with a trainer based on the horses. And I was dissecting this a couple of days ago, just like going through memories. Because, you know, I've been working in this this tack shop. And when I'm touching items, I'm having memories come back to me. So the other day I like touched, um, I was putting horse treats on a shelf. And I smelled them and I looked down and I was like, oh my god, this is the brand that you know, I overfed my horse, I put water in them, and I made it into, like, the soup, and this was the first year in my horse to make it into, like, a, a nice mash for him, which I didn't realize, like, I shouldn't have done that, but I just wanted him to be happy, and later on, I added beet pulp into his diet, but I was such a young kid, like, I didn't know. I just wanted to give him, like, a nice treat, and it caused him to, like, have a really bad gas colic and he had to go to the hospital because and um, honestly it was the doxycycline but I mixed his dox doxycycline with these treats and made it into a like a ma molasses mash and I'll never there's so mo many moments like I'll never forgive myself for but I remember like touching the treats and just being like oh my god like I forgot about that so it has been helpful because it's bringing back memories that I completely shoved down. And I've been through enough, um, I guess, meditation and things like that to know to stop myself when I'm having a CPTSD moment. When it's like, oh yeah, this is CPTSD, like chill with yourself for a second. Panic attacks don't even have to happen anymore because it's really just those memories like flooding in. So, well, and your brain just being like, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. But for me, like, I'm able to recall things that are going on. And this is probably the most rambly of rambly 
Horse Talk podcast. But, you know, I do have these memories, like Roy at the show. um, And at the time, I didn't have a voice. And it's interesting being at a tack shop and being like, oh, I'm entering the horse world now with a voice because there's no way anybody can even try me anymore because I'm not even scared to speak up for myself. Um, when I was a junior rider, I was terrified to even talk. My voice was even scratchier and squeakier than it is now. And I got, I mean, when, when I say made fun of, I'm made fun of for my voice, made fun of for anything that I thought other than, um, you know, unless it was really just taking care of other people's needs. And so I realized like these last 10 years, I've been taking care of my own needs, give or take in ways that I, I didn't when I was competing. Um, I was, it was really always about, um, other people's, um, intentions or, what they expected me to be and that's definitely i i'm i'm in texas whole other state um setting down roots here i uh, i don't know what the fate of stand-up comedy is going to be down the road but i'm here for it i'm here for the journey and i'm just you know trying to um make sure i get on the mic at least every day, although today's Saturday, I know there are no mics other than what I found in Dallas. Unfortunately, I won't be able to get to Dallas today just because of the drive. Now I'm calculating in my head whether I can get to Dallas, but I know I can't get to Dallas in time. So, um, it's just, you know, here I am and I'm about to go into work. I'm doing okay. It's my third day there. So, (laughs) Um, and I'm really actually excited because normally I try not to work in enclosed spaces like offices or retail. Um, that's why I prefer delivery driving, um, because I have incredibly bad panic attacks around people. And I actually kind of realized this all did stem from, you know, getting things thrown at me, like physical objects thrown at me, um, you know, when I was working as a working student. Um, I, I know that it's, it's tough when you have somebody who really does plague your mind in the way that Roy did. Um, mainly because it was the first time I realized that adults, and now I'm an adult, um, and I don't feel like an adult and I'm pretty much around the same age as my trainer was when I was a kid. So I really hope that I can take the time to be a better person before if I decide to have kids, like to really, really work even deeper on myself and align myself more Um, because I never want to be the source of like anger or hatred or 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 resentment for a kid although I feel like it's inevitable but I think back to like you know I still would have never done the things that Roy did to me when I was my age now being 
the age he was. I still wouldn't have thrown shit or screamed at a kid. Um, I would, and I hope to hell, like, like I'm always able to discern that way mentally because it really, like, when you want to please somebody, like, as a trainer, you're in a position of, like, somebody is at, they really do want to learn from you. This is your teacher. This is your mentor. When your mentor plays mental games with you, it really does fuck with your mind, and you have to realize you're your own mentor at that point. I know that Gabby Bernstein has a book called I Am My Own Guru. I have not listened to that one yet. I'm still on um, one of her other books. Um, It's not The Universe Has Your Back. It's something else. Um, Oh, goodness. I've been listening to it, though. And, you know, she talks about your ability to manifest on your own. And I'm really deep into that manifestation process. Like, I want to manifest horseback riding again. I want to manifest another job where I can actually comfortably live again and I want to make it okay to do stand-up comedy and also be stable financially because I think there's this other stigma that's out there that's you have to be poor live in your car um in order to be a funny comic and I've lived that life and after going to the emergency room this year um because of health reasons Um, physical health reasons I'm not gonna live that life anymore I was in the ER laying there for like seven or eight hours during COVID time with my masks on mask on being like I'm never going to not be able to afford healthy food again so this has to change and um I'm determined to be able to do both and to be able to crack this stigma, especially for women, because being a woman as a stand-up comic and not being able to, like, feel empowered, it's time to change. Like, I need to feel more empowered financially. I need to feel more empowered as opposed to... And I look back at all of my lists for every year, and it has gotten better and better every year. But coming on 2021, it, it, despite the state of the world, there's always a way. And I'm not talking about being a baller and having like a bunch of bling and all this stuff. I'm just talking about being able to comfortably go to the grocery store and get the food I need and put it into the, my own refrigerator and know that my place of living will be there without being sold from underneath me like my house desert was. Um, And these are lessons I also learned with horseback riding as well. So I've probably rambled way too much, but these are things that I think women especially, and I'm not saying it's just two women, but I'm saying the lessons of financial stability and finding stability mentally and with relationships are totally always correlated. And to be able to do that, I had to go back into where where my roots are, which is horseback riding. That shit came from horseback riding. 
Um, that shit came from the fact that, you know, I worked for like, at one of the farms I was at, I was working, um, freshman year, junior year, and a freshman year, sophomore year, and junior year, and it was not until my senior year of co- of high school that I, I thought about this this morning, and this definitely correlates to money and my worth. I asked the barn manager finally during my senior year, because I'm like, I, I need gas money to get to the farm and take care of the horses, and I was working after school, on the weekends, feeding, turning out, blanketing, checking water, resetting the feed. I mean, that was hours of work, both in the morning and the evening. It wasn't every day. It was like four days a week. But that was hours of work. And when I added it up over the four years, I realized these are hundreds of hours unpaid that they have not paid me for. And I remember asking the manager, hey, um, can I get paid for this? The adults are getting paid for this. Can I get paid for this too? Because there were adults doing the same exact work as me. And they were getting paid. And I asked what the amount was. And at that time, it was $10 an hour. And so I was like, can I get $10 an hour too? And I remember the manager being like, it was like, oh yeah, you should get paid for your work. And I realized this is something deep-seated. Like, I just remember this this morning. That this is probably why it's so easy for me to take on jobs and be like, oh yeah, like, I don't need to get paid for that. And when I was even starting up my own little business with um, astrology and tarot, why it took me like four years to even ask people to pay me for my services and I remembered how big of a deal it was at the farm because I stayed at the same barn as my ex-trainer and I remember him and I had different schedules um he never came out on the weekends rarely so really his job was really just Monday through Friday And he was only there until about 3 p.m. So we would occasionally overlap and I would see him, but it was very cordial. I was very distant from him. He would go his way. I would go my way. Um, And I was thinking how baller that was because actually he was afraid of me. He was afraid to be around me because I called him out on his shit and I didn't leave. Um... And I know there's girls that probably are going through this right now with trainers, with ex-boyfriends, I mean, ex-partners. And I realized, like, how baller of a move that was because this is somebody who was abusive, physically and emotionally abusive. And I do have many questions. I won't put them out right now. But I remember also... When I had transitioned from just being quote-unquote a unpaid volunteer to a paid employee, which I should have always been a paid employee. In fact, I calculated like that's thousands of dollars I missed out on over 
almost a four-year span, a three-and-a-half-year, three-year span. My fourth year, when I got paid, I remember how my old trainer, when we weren't even working together anymore, made the comment. I guess he made some off comment. Do I remember what he said? No. But it was something along the lines of, I guess it feels great to be paid now. Because people talk in the horse world. And that's why I call this segment horse talk. Because horseback riding is also a word of mouth sport. It's very much an old uh, old country sport. And everything is about gossip and word of mouth. Which is also what stand-up comedy is. So, really, horseback riders... OG stand-up comics. Um, We've lived it. We've lived a lot of trauma. We've watched a lot of horses, you know, get hurt, pass on, take care of their wounds when they're hurt. But really, they take care of our wounds. So the people-people aspect of horseback riding is the hardest part for me. Horses, easier part for me. Um... But I've been away from them for so long, and I'm, I, I've looked at a couple farms, I've gone out to a couple farms, and I'm going out to one today after work, um, and then I will be deciding this week which farm I'm signing up for, and my goal for next week is to purchase my new helmet, because I gave away everything last year before I went on the Greyhound bus. I gave away all of my horse's stuff. I have a few things left um, in my parents' house, but I gave away all of his saddles, all of his saddle pads, all of his bridles, um, wraps, some of his blankets, some of his coolers. Um, I, I think I only kept the blanket that he passed away, he was wearing when he passed away. Um, and I'll never give that blanket up. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, if I'm going to make it into something or if I'm going to keep it um, as is. But I definitely know that this is a big journey. Um, and I'm actually going to put this out today. I'm going to put this out. I was going to do Horse Talk Wednesdays because Wednesday is Mercury's day. And it's, you know, vocal exercises for me. But since this is the first horse talk session, um, this is going to be out on Saturday, December 12th. So have a great weekend and take care. Be safe. If you're a horse or animal lover, um, I'll talk about power animals later, but horses are definitely one of my power animals. They empower me. They make me feel more confident. And if I even talk about them more, I'll definitely cry. So this is going to be out. Take care and bye.